Hello again and welcome along to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and I'm with Harlequin and England World Cup winner Rachel Burford. We are back with our weekly roundup from the news around the world of women's rugby. After our trip to Christchurch, New Zealand last week and San Diego, California the week before, this week we stop off in Limerick and Leinster. Sounds good. So just a bit of a stab in the dark here, Johnny. I'm guessing this is an Irish theme this week. Well-spotted berth. We kick off this week with a chat with Leinster skipper Siani Naipu, fresh from her team's win in Ireland's Interprovincial Championship. There's my weekly review of the latest Tyrrell's Premier 15s action. And we wrap things up with police officer, player, coach and Irish legend, Nee Briggs. So, young Berth, are we well? We've not taken the, uh, the field so far this season. How, how's the injury coming along? Yeah, it's getting there. I had a little bit of a, a setback the other week. Um, I should have been on the field against Worcester, but a um, little setback. But hopefully, you know, um, in a couple of weeks, I'll be back on that pitch. Can't wait. Well, uh, of course, this week, the England squad, the 28 uh, contractors, contracts were awarded by uh, Simon Middleton. Um, have to ask you, you weren't on that list. Have you had a, a, a chat with Simon? Yeah, I had a chat with Simon back in um, before summer tour. Um, obviously, I have been playing with an injury for a very long time now and in the summer decided to take action on it. Um, and for me, it's just about I just want to get back playing and playing and enjoying it. I was kind of managing an injury through playing for a number of years and I just want to get back to enjoying it. And you never know what could be around the corner. I've been involved in, in teams where I've had a contract and players outside of that have come in. And I'm sure we'll see some of that this season as well. But massive congratulations to the 28 that have been awarded them. Um, not many surprises. I think, you know, a lot of those players have, have pay, played and earned their right to, to be awarded a full-time contract. And obviously with um, what's coming up around the corner in November, it'll be exciting to see them, how they go. With 16 players from Harlequins and Saracens, no surprises there. Five from Loughborough Lightning, Gloucester Harbury provide three. Bristol Bears have got two in there, one from Wasps and Worcester respectively. Any particular players in there that we should be looking out for in those November tests that, that really excites you? Well, I think some of the players who have already been exciting people, you know, the likes of Sarah Byrne, she's been coming on leaps and bound over the last season. So it'd be great to see her kick on. Um, the likes of Emily Scott, who wasn't involved, didn't have a full-time contract last season, came in as an EPS player, but had a significant involvement during the Six Nations and on the summer tour. So it'd be really good for her to be able to cement her place and to, to be on a full-time contract and not kind of working at a school, trying to do all her training and rugby around it. So it'd be great to see how she can kick on with this full-time contract. Well, it wasn't just England who uh, named their squad this week. Ireland did so as well for their three November tests against Wales, Scotland uh, and France. Ten uncapped players, and that's been a real hallmark of, of Adam Griggs' tenure so far, his, his youth and, and the new chapter they're opening in Irish rugby. Yeah, very much so. It's it's great to see that they've got some youngsters now that are coming through. Um, and obviously, we'll, we'll hopefully hear more about that from Sene and Neve later on in the programme. Um, but, you know... We'd love to see Ireland kick on and to be the force that they have been in, in previous years. Um, it's always such a great contest against them. So it'd be great to see, you know, this new young young players can come through and, you know, push some of the older girls. A few other bits of international news to, to get across from the last week or so. Spain recently uh, ended up an undefeated tour of South Africa, ending in a test victory over the Springbok women. And yesterday, Scotland, under their, their new man, the man they call Goose, 
I had to look his name up because I only know him as Goose. But yeah, Philip Doyle, he's a top man. He got so much out of the Ireland side of the uh, 2014 World Cup when he took them to a semi-final, of course. It was a historic day for, for Scotland women as it was their first ever test win in the Southern Hemisphere. They beat South Africa 47-5, one of their biggest winning margins uh, for, for nearly a decade, running in seven tries. Um, they must have um, racked up... Um, those points against the side who are one place higher than in the world rankings as well. So a really good start for the tour for, for the Scotland girls. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, um, they've been really excited about going out there and taking on this challenge. And, and for them, you know, to get that result, it, you know, if we look back at Six Nations, they had some really close fixtures and they've kind of been building throughout the year. So this is a great, you know, opportunity under a new management. Um, you know, it's probably the appropriate um, competition for them and to go out there and absolutely blow them away is, is, is a great start for them. And I just, just wanted to ask you, the, the likes of Scotland and South Africa, I remember the 2010 World Cup, South Africa had hardly played a test match at all and they came to the tournament and it was making up the numbers time. Scotland, you know, there's been some cricket scores against them recently in the Six Nations. But the exposure to test rugby at that kind of level for both these countries can only be a good thing. Absolutely. You only get better by having those experiences and playing against opposition um, and winning test match results make a big difference, obviously, to team morale, but also the experience of it, how you can take the positive from them and put them into other fixtures. But the more opportunities um, players and teams get to play against appropriate competition, the greater and the better that they're going to be. We want to hear all about that Scottish tour rugby and that tour and how the new coaches settled in. with two superstars of the side, Jade Cronkle and Chloe Rowley, next week on the WRP. and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. OK, let's get our first guest this week. She's just about the, the perfect guest for a global rugby show like ours. She has some own heritage but was born in New Zealand and her rugby life has taken her to Japan, England and Ireland where she's been living for the past 10 years. With Ireland, she has won the 2015 Six Nations and played both 15s and 7s World Cups. The Women's Rugby Pod is delighted to welcome Seni Napu. Hello, how are you? Oh, hi, Johnny. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on this week. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Massive, massive congratulations um, for your inclusion in the Ireland squad. You must be stoked. And I mean, being one of the, should truly say, more experienced players in the squad, I believe there's a there's an 18 young uh, year old lady in in the squad now. What's the uh, what's the deal there? Is it um, a case of her now having to warm up your slippers for you before training and after? <laughs> Just trying to be politically correct, that's all.
you know, Michelle Cliffy is still there, and there's some, you know, really um, strong, experienced players in there. And um, no, it's and it, it's an exciting time. I mean, look, those girls, are, those you know, the, the younger girls coming through from under 18s and uh, into the senior squad are doing superb. They fit in so well, and um, it's actually just really exciting getting to train with them. I mean, also, you know, you forgot to mention yourself then, Sene. Um, I mean, your career has been incredible. Um, do you want to just give us a bit of an insight? Because I think any code going in rugby you've done in terms of for, for Ireland, sevens, fifteens and touch, can you just give us an insight to, to yourself on that journey? Oh, thanks, Beth. Gosh, there's you. You're a legend. God, I've looked up to you for so long. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, and thanks for even saying that. Um, especially when you've won how many Six Nations and the World Cup and all of your um, incredible achievements. Um, yeah, but... Um, a lot of loving going on here. A lot of loving going on. I haven't even prepped her for this. I didn't prep her for that. <laughs> your 10 euros will be in the post. <laughs> um, started playing when I was up there team, um, in, in New Zealand and North Otago and I kind of, um, you know, over time, just, you know, started to love the game and keep playing it. Um, uh, and then I suppose, you know, um, within New Zealand was fortunate to play uh, in the championship there, which is which is currently called the Farah Palmer Cup. Back then it was called the NPC National Provincial Championship, and um, with my husband at the time as well, and then ended up um, going overseas for his rugby um, uh, throughout New Zealand. So we are in you know, the Highlanders and, and the Hawks Bay as well, and from Canterbury as well, so we had to spend some phases and Hurricanes wider squad and things like that. So... Went to Japan, uh, Ireland, sorry, through Connacht, and then uh, Japan for a year, came back to Connacht for a few more years. Um, uh, really grateful to get to England as well and um, have a stint in the, the Terrace for the Premiership there um, and play with the likes of Rachel Burford and some amazing players there and, and then came back to Ireland about a couple of years ago. So I try to shorten my story of the last <laughs> decade. And what about the touch? You haven't really spoken about how you got involved in, in the touch because you went to the World Cup for the touch as well, didn't you? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that was such an amazing experience. Uh, touch World Cup was this year, uh, earlier in the year, on April 16, 
with such a great squad, like we had um, been training a good few months ago, for 18 weeks together um, for an extended competition. We had five, five games this season, which is fantastic. It's usually a three-game competition. Um, so we had a semi and a final tagged on for that, which was super. You know, we have a, a, a strong squad and it gives an opportunity to, you know, uh, play the younger players as well when those coming through that might not necessarily have had much game time. So that was that was great for, for everyone. Um, and it was a challenge as well. You know, different type of... Uh, a longer competition kind of changes your, your strategy in terms of your leadership groups and things like that. So that was... Um, it was also a great experience, but um, yeah, really lucky to, I suppose, really lucky to um, have the opportunity for, for Ben Armstrong and the coaching team to give me the captaincy again. Um, but I had some strong, you know, co uh, vice captains and Lily and um, Lindsay Pete and Michelle Plassey and great core group there to help drive stands and stuff for the season. So that was that was really really cool, and certainly it was probably one of my favourite seasons. Um, since I've been here, I said that last season, but um, this <laughs> season we got even better, and I really enjoyed it because a lot of us girls, um, you know, as the games went by and the game that Sandy got there, we always, you know, you want when you're in a team, you know, yourself just need everyone um, when everyone's on the same page with what you want to do and you know how you want to play the game and the style and what you need to do. You know, basics on a breakdown and those sorts of things. Um, it makes it much more enjoyable. So uh, it certainly was an enjoyable campaign from that point of view. Oh, great stuff. Many congratulations. So if I could just sort of widen it out slightly... Um, You've obviously been involved in the, in the Ireland squad with our sevens or fifteens for for quite some time now, um, and, and and this side this side of the water we, we've heard about some 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 dismay, and I think this, it's fair to say that the ship has sort of steadied itself a little bit now. But but what what's the feeling in the trenches? You still got you still lace up your boots on a weekly basis, and you you're still right in the mix, obviously in that autumn squad. What's the feeling now surrounding uh, not only the club game but but the international game in Ireland? Yeah, well, it's, um, there's certainly been some progression with the um, All Ireland League competition this year. You know, we've uh, new sponsors that's gone aboard in the year, which is, um, who are fantastic, and they've taken on both the men's and women's, uh, taken an umbrella sponsorship, um, abundant sponsorship of the domestic competition for the AIL, which is exciting um, for this coming season and the next few ones after that. So, um, you know, from a from an equity brand equity point of view, it's a bit more stylized. Um, you know, there's uh, in, in some clubs there's been some improvements or some changes with you know certain uh, coaching supports and um, different types of recruitment to build the player base in the different clubs across across the country. So that's always exciting. Um, but at the same time, you know, you know, there is the reality that some clubs do find it challenging to get to that that point where they can. Uh, bringing in some more coaching support, but you know, in terms of the you know overall and this next step, there are some. It is it is positive. Um, it's also positive for the Interpros even for the next four years. Vodafone's come aboard to sponsor the women's interprovincials, which is also another step in the right direction. Um, and those things really help, you know, to build the profile and um, to attract girls to stay in the game and to, to come to play rugby. So. Um, yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is positive. Uh. 
I mean, that's great to hear, Senna. I mean, we've always had some great encounters against each other in a in a white and green shirt. So it'd be great to see, you know, the union kicking on. And and just looking at yourself, like personally, have you got support too? But 2021 isn't too far away. Oh, great stuff. Senna, we're going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid. We've got uh, loads more to, to pack into the programme, but I really, really appreciate you coming on. It's a, it's a fascinating story that, that we've, uh, I personally, certainly keenly, keenly watched over the years and, and hope, hope it continues a, a long time still. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. appreciate that. No problem at all. You take care. All the best thanks, now. Well, uh, a lot of love in the room between you and Sene. He obviously got on, on very well, but what a what a truly inspirational woman. Had some some real difficulties personally in her in, in her early life. Uh, came through those, played all over the globe, and now represented Ireland in three different disciplines: touch, sevens, and fifteens. Yeah, she's an incredible woman. Uh, you know, a very intelligent, smart individual, and she's just one of the most positive people to have around. And I think that's one of the bigger things that she brings to every team that she steps into of that sevens fifteens whether that's in new zealand ireland or in england um, she was one of the greatest players to play alongside um, and a nice challenge to play against oh great stuff well of course both of you played together at harlequins and speaking of harlequins let's rattle through the results from round two of the Tyrrells premier 15s from last weekend so Harlequins, 48-7 victory over a very spirited Worcester. Yeah, I th you know, Harlequins just had too much of a strength. But, you know, you've got to respect Worcester. Scoring a try in the in the death with only 14 players on the pitch says a lot about them as a side. Bristol Bears have got a good win over Loughborough Lightning, 27-10. And Sarah Byrne did her best Forest Gump impression. don't know if you're across <laughs> Bristol um, Bears social media but they are absolutely sensational yeah did a, a whole thing on that so so check that out on on their twitter feed but uh great performance from her and from bristol yeah absolutely you know this was the game that i kind of called last weekend that was going to be one to watch um having spoken with emily scarrett you know she said that the side are very frustrated with how they played you know you would expect the likes of case day mckean emily scarrett come back into the side it would bolster it um but bristol bears came all of the sides clearly doing something very good down there Gloucester Hartbury ground out a 22-19 win over Wasps. Yeah, tight fixture. Um, I think it came down to quite close quarters in the end. But um, speaking with Mo Hunt, very happy to get her first run out and as captain and to come away with a big W. Battle of the North, or took North. Darlington Modern Park Sharks came through 46-26 against Fearwood Waterloo. Yeah, um, do you know what? I'm really impressed with the scoreline here from um, Darlington Modern Park. It's great to see that they've got a number of tries on the score sheet. They've been working extremely hard on, on their attacking play, so it's great to see. Great shift from Richmond, but Saras is too strong in the end, ended 46-0. Yeah, you can clearly see there's improvements from Richmond and um, from last weekend, but it was always going to be a tough ask to go you know, in the home yard of Saracens. Um, yeah, so it's just too strong for them. So it's Saracens, Gloucester, Hartbury and Harlequins who all remain unbeaten and all sit on the maximum 10 points in the table. I'm Kendra Cox 
66 caps for Ireland, many of those as captain, including the 2015 when Ireland won the Six Nations title, Neve second, two World Cups and semi-finalists in 2014, Irish Women's Player of the Year twice, the poster girl of the game in the Emerald Isle. Neve Briggs joins us. Konnichiwa, Neve. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, Neve. Have you got over the disappointment of the weekend yet? Uh, yeah, I, I think, look, I... You know, it's obviously very disappointing for the lads, but um, Rachel tell you from being in a tournament like that, you just have to park it as quickly as you can. Um, and, well, maybe she might not be able to tell you because I didn't lose many matches. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, you, you've got to park it. You've got to review it, park it, learn from it and move on very quickly because you don't have much time to be to be dwelling on it, I think. Well, that's probably the, the only dark point of the last week or so because ma uh, many happy returns for you personally. Uh, 21 again. Um, and and your yeah, Beth, Beth birthday present of all is you've been named in the, the Scrum Queens. Happy birthday to them as well. They're 10 years old. In, the, in their team of the decade at fullback. I mean, what a birthday present that is. Yeah, that'd be pretty, something pretty cool, especially when uh, you look at what the squad was and, and then you start to think about all the players that, that weren't included. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, you've been in the wars again. Um, we must bring it up. It broken your leg this time. Uh, how's that come about? Yeah, uh, at the very start of the season, we had a, like our interprovincial, so it's like a regional competition over in Ireland. And um, yeah, the first game against Ulster, I just um, got a bad twist and uh, smashed my fibula, dislocated my ankle. So um, I had some surgery on it a couple of days later, and I'm firmly back on the road to recovery now, but still a little bit laid up. Oh, well, best, of, best of luck with, with the recovery. Of course, uh, the Ireland squad just been announced uh, this week. Right right balance for, for you, Neve. There's a continuing sort of youthful policy in the sort of new chapter of Irish rugby. It, it, does it have the right feel for you? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, from being in and around, you know, the interprovincials this year and playing against a lot of those girls in the club scene last year, I think... Um, you know, those girls have been picked on merit and form. Um, and there's, you know, definitely some new talent in there, which is great. Um, uh, and it's brilliant to see it. And I think this is a hugely, hugely important 12 months for women's rugby in Ireland, you know, with the Six Nations, obviously, but then that World Cup qualifier. So, um, yeah, they just need time now. They need time to bed. And I think that um, they will do that. I think you've still got the likes of, um, you know, Kira Griffin, and uh, Lindsay Peace and Senne, and you know they, they keep driving. You know the standards of what's expected, but you need the other younger girls to come up. And from what I've seen, I think they will. So just just touching on that, you, you've spoken about you know the youthful um, players coming in, but how important are the likes of Senne in that team for those young players around them? Yeah, huge. I think you know the likes, you know Senne Junior, and that when they when. They've been there, done that. They understand what what's expected. Um, and to be honest, for us, we we don't get a huge amount of time together as a squad. Now it's definitely more this year, but it's about what you do Monday to Friday in terms of how you prepare. So that when you get into camp for the weekend, um, you're a hundred percent ready to go for that camp. And um, and those type of girls, experienced girls, they they know that and they'll be able to you know impart that knowledge. But it's also about 
those young girls not shying away from it either. You know, they they got to back themselves because um, there's some unbelievable talent there, which is great to see. Well, you've uh, been a part of uh, Irish rugby, excuse me, for for, for a long time now, Neve. Uh, and it, it is a, it's a roller coaster journey, isn't it? You think back to the height of thirteen and when you won the Six Nations Championship, the semi-final, of course, in 2014, the World Cup, beating, beating the Black Ferns, that unbelievable little chip through from yourself, I seem to remember. Um, and, of course, 2015 as well, we were Six Nations champions again. Just, just to what was, uh, what, what, what was one of your highlights uh, of, of that particular period? Um, it's, it's hard to know, I think. The breakthrough in 2013 was massive for us. Um, in terms of what it did for women's rugby uh, in Ireland, um, both from an IRNQ perspective and then from a numbers perspective in terms of trying to promote and develop the game. Um, so, you know, that kind of started us on our journey for, for the last, those, you know, two or three really good years. And I think um, without that, I'm not sure we would have fully had the confidence or the belief to make that proper breakthrough. So um, that horrible, horrible day in Italy in terms of the weather, uh, turned out to be one of the best days for us in terms of our history. And, and then if we may just, just move on slightly, sort of chronologically, the wheels have come off slightly uh, in 2016, 2017, at the Six Nations unravel when you had a home World Cup to look forward to. Um, it, it went. It seemed to go very sour very quickly. Can you sort of just, just talk us through that period, whether, whether personally or, or, or sort of slightly wider point of view? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure it was you know, as well as what I'd say, you know, in terms of 2016, we were getting down to the grandstand, you know, final day with England, uh, another top two finish in 2017. So it wasn't as if we were too far away. I just think um, for that tournament of the World Cup in 2017, just things didn't go right. And um, look, it's, it's very easy for me to turn around and, and start to say things, but I, I wasn't in, in that camp for that previous year. So, um I, I don't really want to be shifting the blame or, or the focus away from, you know, it was a collective thing in terms of players, management, um, everybody just, just unfortunately just didn't perform. And um, you see maybe with the likes of, hopefully not with the likes of the men or with Scotland, the first game, sometimes those things don't go right over a one-minute, 80-minute 80, 80 period. And, and it's very hard then to try and get that confidence and momentum back. But for, for those two years, in terms of the Six Nations, we were still re- performing really well, albeit, um, you know, losing out to, to, to England. But um, that World Cup was just a really tough year for those, you know, tough tournament for those for the squad. And um, and and obviously then, you know, like most cycles in World Cup, once it finished, there was a huge turnover of players and um, a lot of retirements. Um, and we're trying to build back and get back up there and. Uh, hopefully it's on the right trajectory. Uh, Adam Griggs coming now, uh, and, and, and when he came in, what, what would you say would have been on the top of his list, list of, of things to, to alter, to change, to, to get Irish rugby back up to, to the heights of, of 15? I'm not sure he had to change. Sorry, I'm not sure he had to change too much. I just think that he had to um, bring in a, a whole host of new players because there was uh, so many retirements after the World Cup, but I think that um, it's taken him a couple of seasons to try and... Um, it's difficult sometimes when you don't have, you know, an underage kind of a, a setup. I think, um, and you're waiting for girls to make that jump from club and provincial rugby up to international standards. 
and sometimes the jump can be really big, you know. So I think uh, the last two seasons he's just been trying to bled as much players in as possible, young girls that has potential but just need time. And I think um, hopefully, you know, this 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 rugby season that they've started now will, you know, will start to see the fruition of all those younger girls coming through the last couple of years. I think it's fair to say that now you're going to have a part of that as um you know we've we've been watching on about Munster under 18s and how you're you've got a historic setup going on there now. Can you just um tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, look it was you know an opportunity that came to me at the start of summer and something that I was um you know really keen to try and try my hand at and it was, it was as a coaching perspective I was with you know Fiona Hayes and Marie Kelly both um, international, former international players that I had played with with Ireland and with my club. So, with three of us had a, had a really good relationship. And, um, yeah, look, it was something that was really different. I think um, girls came into us and, and they were incredibly raw. They had a lot of, a lot of learning to do. And um, it's funny, you know, we had like a, a three part mini series in terms of a round robin, and then they went into like a playoff where it was 1v4 and 2v3. And uh, we lost all our first three games albeit having controlled the majority of the possession for a couple of them and not been too far off it but a little bit naive in how we um, you know when we got into the scoring zone and stuff like that so they were learning all the time which is brilliant to see because they were they were a really good bunch and then you know beat Leinster in semi-final a really really good Leinster team by a little bit of old Munster heart and grit and, and then you know absolutely blew off as a management team out of the water in terms of how they played in the final so it was brilliant, and it was brilliant for the province, brilliant for those young girls, because the majority of them are underage again next year. My thoughts is it keeps them in the game, because, um, you know, just to see them at the final whistle just really showed how much it meant to them. So it was, it was brilliant for us as a coaching, but also for, for the province as a whole. I mean, you've been a part of some great successes over the years and obviously some disappointments as well. I mean, how are you finding that kind of transition from player to coach and using your experiences to guide this under-18 Munster team? Yeah, look, I, I think at the start, I was just, uh, you know, you're just kind of trying to find your feet a little bit. And then when I got injured, to be honest, it was a real big boost because um, they kind of were the ones that pulled you along a little bit. So... Um, look, you're just trying to. I think it's important at that age that they um, can go out and make mistakes without any fear, and that they learn from them. So, um, while performances weren't where we wanted them to be in the first three games, we never really um, admonished them for trying things. We kept, you know, trying to get them to, to understand the play rugby the way they wanted to play. Thanks, Neve. Thanks, Neve. She's been a, a brilliant servant for Irish rugby. He had a real, real issues with with injuries over the years hasn't she but um as, as scrum queens has rightly pointed out this week uh, a, a fabulous player at 15. Oh absolutely you know she's been a strong contender um in the Irish team but she's got such good leadership head on her um just hearing her speak then about the successes and and obviously what she's trying to do in Munster shows you know her leadership skills um and yeah she's had such a tough run with injuries back to back in during important times um, and for her to come back and to, to continue to be the player she is just shows what type of character is uh, she is and also the ultimate competitor that she is. And I, I can't wait to see her back out on the pitch. Well, absolutely not. I'm sure lots of fans can't wait to see uh, the Teals Premier 15 sides back on the pitch this weekend. Round three it is. Big game. Upper Loughborough Lightning up against Saris. 
yeah, that's going to be a big test. Obviously, <laughs> Loughborough are going to be pretty disappointed what happened this weekend. So, you know, it'll be a, a decent game to keep an eye on. Fieldwood Waterloo against the Bristol Bears. Yeah, I think Bristol Bears will be looking to keep their momentum. So I just think they'll be too strong. Was against Darlington Roden Park Sharks. Great to see Harriet Miller-Mills back from two horrific injuries, speaking of injuries. Absolutely. It's great to see her back in the shirt. And, you know, Wasp will be definitely looking to bounce back after that narrow defeat against Gloucester Hartbury. And your side at home against uh, Gloucester Hartbury. Five-point win for Gloucester, is it? Exciting game coming up, Johnny. <laughs> um, no, it is a really big game because we're double-header. Men play before us. Um, so, yeah, it's a brilliant day out for both teams. And, yeah, you know, I'm going to back Harlequins to, to do the job. Funny that. Richmond against Worcester. Now, this might be a, an interesting matchup um, against the two sides, both not yet to, to win um, a game and had some pretty difficult start to the season. So it's going to be a good matchup between the pair of them. Yeah, it can be very interesting to see how Worcester react to uh, the news this week. The head coach, Roy Davis, uh, leaving the club by mutual consent uh, until uh, a replacement is found for him. So it be very interesting to, to see how Richmond go at the athletic ground. So that's all for this week. Oh, we must just mention Mansfield RFC, who've been in touch. Congrats on your first ever women's rugby session at the club with a great turnout. And keep a cr uh, an eye across their website um, for more details of more sessions to follow. So, yeah, do, do, do get in touch with us. And join us again next week when we are joined by more big names from around the world of women's rugby. Yes, my Harlequin teammates, Chloe Rowley and Jade Conkle, will be here. And they'll talk us through Scotland's tests and give us a little bit of insight into professional rugby, not only in England, France, but Scotland as well. Remember, subscribe to the pod, and of course, give us a rating, but only if it's a five-star. Our thanks must go to our guests, Seni Napu, to Neve Briggs, to producer Jez, to Luke Rosier. Best of luck to all the teams competing in Glendale this weekend for the first leg of the HSBC World 7 Series. Until next time. 